The Tigers are premiers for the 12th time in their history. Liam Ryan has climbed on Max Gorn and taken a miraculous mark. Runs towards goal. It's as good as you'll ever see. The winner of the 2019 Brownlow medal, Nathan Pike of the Fremantle Football Club. The miracle of Chris! It's a Grundy! It's Grundy! And we're back. Welcome back to the fifth fifth quarter podcast. Going into 2020, we promised you we're back at no fault of our own. We were only back for two measly weeks. But now after 10 long, long, long weeks without us, we're officially back. So when we say we're back, now we're back. Barring any unforeseen circumstances, (laughs) Corona, we'll be uh, with you every week from here on out. And as always, we're brought to you by the Nobleman Podcast Network and Pure VPN. I'm Nathan, and I'm here as always with Ben. Hello, everyone. I missed you. And on the other side, we've got Brent. How do I podcast? (laughs) It's basically how we're all feeling. Um, (laughs) Getting set up again, trying to plug in a mic, but... Uh, I guess where do we even begin? Why don't we Why don't we go back and try and refresh our memories on what actually happened last time we were here, um, and where things were at? So we're going to kind of take you a rundown of round one and just talk you through what the results was were, so you kind of understand the state of play going into round two. Uh, if you don't remember, season kicked off with a pretty good game to start off with. Richmond tore uh, Carlton to bits. Carlton came back late, and it was only a four goal margin, which for Richmond, Carlton's pretty damn good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we I mean, go to the stock standard. We go to the Friday night, which was one of those games that kind of blew everyone away. Collingwood came out and beat the doggies by fifty points. When I think most of us were kind of thinking, if the dogs were, they're going to be highly competitive or win that one. Um, yeah. Or- yes. Thank you for reminding me. <laughs> uh, it takes us across to Saturday, where we had a few good games. So Essendon got over Frio by a goal um, <laughs> after leading uh, leading by for some time, but it wasn't. The most action-packed game. Um, yeah, thank you for reminding me. But on on the contrary, I guess we we also that game got got quite a bit of Frio coverage. Kicked more goals in the last quarter than they kicked the whole game. Yeah, that sounds about right with most weeks. To be honest, <laughs> <laughs> they they tend to start pretty slow. Uh, we go we went across to Adelaide, which saw the Swans get across the line against the Crows by three points, and then the other Adelaide mob. Port Adelaide absolutely belted. Well, it didn't really absolutely belt. They beat Gold Coast by 47. That's not really a belting for Gold Coast. And um, No, they just like tripled their score, so their percentage looks like it's really good. Uh, but, yeah, uh, uh, there you yeah. go. Four, four goals, five, 29 to the Gold Coast. They didn't really trouble the scoreboard too much. Um, on the other hand, the Giants did, getting 105 points, um, beating the Cats by 32 points, which is a pretty good win given that people think the Cats are in the premiership window. Um, and given what happened to the Giants in the grand final. North Melbourne got across the line against St Kilda. I'm pretty sure St Kilda were out in front for that game and North pegged them back. Um, yep. Hawthorne just did Hawthorne things against Brisbane at the G and won yes, by five goals. And then West Coast, surprisingly, only won by 27 points against the Ds over here at Optus. Um, I guess it's probably probably shouldn't discount the Ds too much, but given last year... The, the way last year panned out for both those teams, I kind of expected it to be a bit of a 60-point drubbing. Well, yeah, I think it was like 40 points. I remember it being like 40 points or something at three-quarter time, and then it was like, ah, oh, whatever, the season's over. Yeah, 
because looking back at the scoreboard, there was three goals kicked throughout the entire last quarter only. Yeah, they were just like, oh, cool, this is pointless now. Yeah, exactly. So Let's just run around. <laughs> yeah, that, well, yeah, I guess they'd already had the news, didn't they? So it's... Um, yeah. It's yeah, not, yeah. It's not really they had the news. The game was done. It was just like let's just have a run around, have a kick to kick. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, that would have been a hard one to get up for. But I mean, positive side of that is even though they had nothing to play for, West Coast currently sit third. Uh, Port Adelaide and Collingwood lead the oh, way. Yeah. Port, Port and Collingwood with massive percentages, two sixty and two fifty respectively. Yeah. Um, Hawthorne, GWS, Richmond, Essendon, and Sydney rounding out the top eight. And wow. weirdly, weirdly looking at the doggies in seventeenth, but um. You know what's great? North Melbourne won, and they're ninth, as it should be. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's um, that's just the way the cookie crumbles nowadays. We've so yeah, a... that bottom four is looking up a bit familiar. Yeah, I mean familiar for recent years, but you look at Brisbane yeah. and the Bulldogs, and you kind of think, what the Surprising. hell's going on there? There does uh, seem yeah, to I feel be like I'm in like 2015 or something. There does seem to be a Carlton missing from that whole area, but um, oh, don't, about, don't yeah. you worry, they're only just above them. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, one of, it's one of the few times I can say they're above Geelong. <laughs> yeah, gee whiz. You know, Carlton are the highest scoring team in in the bottom of the ladder, like the bottom half. Not uh, bad. Interesting for one week. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> We'll yeah, see where they end up it. after round two. <laughs> it's just unfortunate Which, that they were playing Richmond, who can score at will. Yeah, and, and you Almost. kind of looked at that game at halftime thinking that Richmond was going to score at will for four mm. quarters and just tear, tear them apart. But um, nah, yeah. they didn't do what they did in the granny and just keep running ragging. But it was, I guess, for from a neutral, it was actually good viewing from three quarters, the third to the fourth quarter, so... Um, so I guess the question I got for you guys is we've had about what 10 weeks off don't even keep track anymore just because it's been so long and we just had no hope of footy coming back but there's been yeah, I just zoned out for 10 weeks I, I don't know what's happened in my life or what is what is just haven't been here what is time anymore really yeah that's true yeah so with with us zoning out I guess it kind of segues into this question is what does this massive break mean to the teams? Um, will experienced teams benefit? Will the youth be desperate to play and, and spend their time preparing? Are they going to have zoned, zonked out and just kind of be like, nah, we're, um, we're having a bit of a holiday again? What do you guys think is going to happen? Who's going to benefit most from this? And, and I'm not saying which club, but I guess which kind of list is going to benefit from this, if any? I actually think the older... the the older lists are going to benefit more than the clubs of the younger ones because it's the older bodies that tend to, even if they manage to get through pre-season, you can tell they're still sort of feeling it. Like it's a lot harder for them to get everything going. And then um, they tend you tend to have more interrupted pre-seasons the older you get just because your body's falling apart. But having this extended break, no travel or anything it's probably the longest break they get all year yeah um so clubs like well west coast come to mind because i think they're the oldest but who else got a pretty old list the pies probably yep um sydney will be pretty old but yeah i think sydney are one i think they're one of those teams that are pretty old but they've got none of them are playing so they're a young team 
Um, yeah, just clubs I think with the veteran bodies are going to no, uh, notice a bit more improvement out of older players than necessarily the younger players. Yeah. Yeah, I tend to, I tend to agree with yeah, you. Um, I see a, kind of a lot of comments in the media that that's going to be the case. And I guess the added bonus the older bodies have got is they're is so ingrained in them over the course of their career to these are their eating habits. These are their exercise habits. Exactly. Um, yeah. Whereas as a young kid, yeah, you might go out and you do your workout and stuff and you're probably eating, but you'd also, I mean, uh, this is... Yeah, this see, is, got two months off. <laughs> yeah, and I'm just guessing here is a stab in the dark, but you'd also probably believe that they might have more cheat days than, than some of the others because <laughs> yeah. um, they think they can afford to do so. Um, but... Yeah, if it's not as well ingrained in you and being in the system for that period of time, you might just kind of uh, revert back to, I guess, what you were doing when you were just before you got drafted. So, the yeah, re- and I sort of think like you look at like um, Matt Rowell and Noah Anderson or sort of anyone that's drafted in the last couple of years that hasn't played a lot, them getting another 10 weeks isn't going to see them necessarily any fitter than if they'd played for yeah. 10 weeks. Yeah. Mm. Because you know they're generally in pretty good nick because they haven't just been bashed for ten years. Yeah. So play, you know, playing one week and then having ten weeks off isn't a whole lot. Isn't going to make a whole lot of difference. Probably like you said, negative if, if much at all. Yeah. The one thing that I could probably make an argument for, on the reverse end of that, is that um, uh, if you think about veterans in preseason in the first couple of rounds of the of the of the year. They tend to be like it's almost like a diesel truck. They tend to like take a little bit longer to get going again. And I do wonder if those, if like in those first few rounds, that as much as yeah, they've had that long time off, they haven't needed that, you know, their body's nice and fresh, but they haven't played competitive footy for a while. Um, the younger bodies can probably go a lot quicker, a lot. A lot, like you know, they can just go off the mark a lot quicker, and you know, find that rhythm again pretty quickly. The veterans, like as much as they'll have the mentality there, I wonder if physically it might take them a little bit longer to you know really get up and going again. So I do wonder if this long extended break yeah, is sort of like added to that, and so it will be another few weeks before you see any advantage. Yeah, I think that's like the huge, um, like difference in I guess experience with contact. So yeah. players that have been in it for 10 years, they've got that experience and they've built up that kind of fitness where you're just getting bashed into. Whereas, yeah. like, yeah, the younger kids, they're fresh, they're ready to go, but as soon as they start getting hit three weeks in a row, they'll pro- they they always slow down a bit faster. So yeah. probably, yeah, like you said, it'll take a few weeks for any sort of noticeable difference probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's probably a good good way to kick us off, kind of speculating on those kind of things. And I guess I mean, we're, I'm I'm pretty slow off the mark, and I'm I'm getting pretty old. So <laughs> Ben's got a good point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, we, I guess we'll find out this time next week. We'll have an idea since we get we're fortunate enough to have footy back this Thursday. Um, but oh, yes. before we get into, I guess what's coming up because we want to save that the juicy part of the show is is I guess what we're looking forward to this week. But there have been a lot of conversations over this period of time, um, a lot of talking points getting thrown out in the air, people desperate for content, trying to trying to get things out there. Um, so much so that at Fox Footy, I think they were so desperate for content that 
Um, they've turned to the fifth quarter podcast for inspiration and they've they've adopted our redraft and the top 10 of each year they've decided to copy that um not not like for like be, i don't know whether to feel insulted or a bit no it's odd you know a bit complimented <laughs> can it can it be a complicit yeah, yeah yeah it's got it's kind of like they've taken it because it's a such a good idea but no credit where credit's due. We've yeah, yeah claimed it as their own. Where's the yeah? Where's the royalties? Ah, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like pop music these days. They just kind of rip yeah. something off and then just pretend it never happened back in the day. Um, yeah. So so we've got that. We've got a bit of a pick. Uh, I guess a, a an issue with that. But things we don't have an issue with are the other talking points that didn't involve us. Um, one of which was Andy McLeod and the Adelaide Crows. So the Adelaide Crows. Mm. Um, have been in a fair bit of discussion. Strife. Yeah, a fair bit of strife, I guess the word is, this year um, for the, some of the things they've been doing over recent years. And Andy McLeod is no exception. There's another thing come up. So how do you guys feel about that? Um, bit of a long time well, coming, I think. If you think it, like, if I, if you, if you look back to all the stuff that had come out previously in Adelaide with, you know, the, the, um, was it off-season camp gone wrong and the uh, exodus of players that, you know, that kind of came from that and, you know, the um, the exit, you know, and the leaving of the coach and, like, there's no real... The, like, the culture of the club seems a little bit... seems to be toxic from the outside looking in. This or What Andrew McLeod has said has sort of just vindicated what we've all been thinking externally is that the club is... Like, the club doesn't seem all that welcoming and doesn't seem all that inviting and just seems to be very, like, like I said, toxic um, in some regard. And as and as, as much as Andrew McLeod didn't say those words, but that say the word toxic, I would assume that that's sort of what he's getting at. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I would agree with McLeod and everything he's saying and that everything needs to change. Um, there's a reason Adelaide is where they are and it starts from, you know, the head up, but from the head down. Yeah, it's um, you know, it's hard to comment accurately without really knowing what's going on. But since since you know the, those almost glory days when McLeod and Rashudo were playing, mm. you look at stuff that like Ben sort of alluded to stuff that's happened at the club. So there was the camp, um high-profile players just leaving every year. It's not like it just happened now. It's like Dangerfield is gone. Mm. Um, Nathan Bock walked out on the club. Kurt Tippett took off. Kurt yep. Tippett took off. Um, like Charlie Cameron, just in recent years, is gone. Yeah, it's people are just... Um, Phil Davis is probably yep. one that... Should have been mentioned first, but um. <laughs> we just we just wanted to draw out our list. That's all. Yeah, exactly. But um, notice, but notice so how going on like Dangerfield and Davis and that like they've gone to clubs and the culture of those clubs is either been really really good or really has good. gotten better yeah. since they've gone there. Yeah, exactly. And I kind of yeah. wonder how much it's got to do with the um, the Phil Walsh stuff and and how much that's but, impacted their club since that moment or whether it was. Whether it was an issue beforehand, because I know there was several years ago oh. before Phil Walsh was around, there was the issues with the pay disputes for the Adelaide players, and they weren't getting paid. Yeah, there was. I was going to mention before that, um, like before the Phil Walsh's death, 
there was the pay dispute, there was the Kurt Tippett draft saga. Um, Brendan Brenton Sanderson was their coach, and they fired him. I think even though they made finals, or they just missed finals. That's right. Yeah, he'd only been there two years or three years, and they just apparently all the players got together and booted him out of the club. And Don Pike was there for two years. They go backwards, and then they decide wholeheartedly that Don Pike is the problem. See you later. And then you know, last year they did the full review of the club. So let's let's see who the problem is. Like let's see where it is. But then part of the rev- part of the review board, Mark Rashido, who runs the club, and Jason Dunster was on the board. Yeah, I was like, just thinking this that. Re- this review board. So you've got like your mate from the media. Yeah. Is he really going to say, yeah, you're the problem, see you later, and then I'll see it, see it work tomorrow? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I, and I think they wanted Pav to get involved. It's like, what have either of those two guys got to do I with think, this? Yeah, I think Pav did get involved, actually. Pav and Dunstall. Like, they work with Mike Rusciuto, so there's conflict of interest. But what, what do they have to do with Adelaide Football Club in the slightest? Yeah. I, I could imagine. I could imagine, given that it seems like their issues are far beyond a football department issue, I don't think they needed to resort to just football figures to come in and do an, an inquiry on the culture exactly, or the yeah. situation of a club. Mm-hmm. They could have gone for an external agency, nothing to do with footy. It could be another sporting agency, um, mm-hmm. someone that's got know-how of how a sport, an elite sporting club runs. It doesn't yep. have to be footy. And if it's a footy department issue, exactly. yeah, sweet, bring in guys who know, but. Yeah, I don't know if that was the. We'll we'll soon see, but it doesn't really look like a well thought out appointment. Yeah, well, you look at um, when Buckley took over coaching at Collingwood. He he was saying there's huge cultural issues at the club, which saw a lot of players leave and a lot of players wanted to leave because they didn't want to play for him. But he brought in oh, what was it called? Leading, leading teams, leading teams. Yeah, so they're not just footy related. They you know they deal with. All elite, elite teams across like every, like every sport you could think of. So they brought in he brought in you know outside eyes, yeah. Mm-hmm. Not just oh, I'm going to get a few mates together who <laughs> I know are good leaders. <laughs> well, um, let's just get we'll anyone who's out, participated you know? in special comments on Fox Footy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like let's just let's just sort it out. Hire an actual yeah. team of experts. Who I'm, do su- this for I'm surprised they didn't get um. Hamish McLaughlin, he, he features on yeah, that. Yeah, they should have. <laughs> should have. He'd probably have more business know-how given his brother's situation. <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah, probably. So, yeah, I, I guess that's probably as, as far as we can go with Adelaide. I guess, we, as you said from the start, we, can't, we can only go f- too far without knowing all the facts, but speculating on some of the issues that have been involved. Something's wrong. There's something going on <laughs> that seriously shouldn't be going on. Um, speaking of yeah. which... Joe Danaher, this one's probably pricked Ben's ears up. Is this something that's going on that shouldn't be going on or is this something that's good for the well-being of Joe Danaher and the fact that he's living an hour away from the club, um, having a pretty substantial commute every day? Um, is that the break that he needs to perform and get his head right so he can recover and recuperate or is he distancing himself too far from the club that it could become more of an issue? Well, don't forget, Essendon is actually a decent way out from the city of Melbourne anyway. Um, So, as much as he may be living an hour away, is it an hour or two? I think it's from from the club, an hour from the club, yeah. An hour from the club. 
Uh, from what I yeah, I, I was from my understanding was that his commute each day is about two hours to and from. Okay, so he's even. So he's not. He's not in Melbourne. No, no, he's out. He's out in kind of uh, out of the country. From what from reports, he's enjoying himself that he's kind of escaped the the yeah. footy public and media. But um, yeah, he's out in the country. Yeah, Danaher's being a Danaher. He's out. In the, he's out in the Victorian farmland. You know, that's he's. I, I'm fine with that. If that's what he needs or what he thinks he needs to get the best out of himself and his body, then so be it. Essendon still has the rest of the season to do with what they can. And if it ends up going well, excellent, then it's, you know, uh, uh, it's something that's paid off and we can move forward uh, hand in hand, skipping along the beach. If um, it doesn't come to fruition, then it doesn't. And we'll just have to grit our teeth, bear it and say hello to Sydney. Yeah, so I'm just I'm just thinking. Um, so you you'll actually be cheering for Sydney to do really poorly this year, given they want a high draft pick. And if if Sydney finish near the bottom, you're in line with a a pretty good tra- draft hand. Um, I mean to be I mean let's be honest here. I want every team bar Essendon to go poorly every year. <laughs> is he's a um he's a free agent, isn't he? Uh, he will be a restricted free agent. So if Sydney makes an out- offer, Essendon can make a counter offer, and then a and then, I believe then it's all about you know I think it's like tr- trading or something like that or like I, I don't know I, I I then it gets into nitty gritties. But to be I don't yeah. I don't to be I don't think any club has counter offered before on, or at least on such a a high marquee player. So if it I don't was think to there's happen, ever been would... a counter offer. No. I think the Dangerfield one they traded him the year before. Yeah, because so they knew that they'd get peanuts. Yeah, so it would be ve- yeah. This is where it all gets very interesting because I'm not entirely sure what. From all reports, if there was, if he decides, yes, I'm gonna, I want to be trade, I want to. Oh, so sorry, Sydney makes an offer, and Joe Joe's like, I'm happy, I'm kind of cool to do that. And Essen ends up doing a counter offer, then who knows what happens after that. Yeah, so I'm going to sit on the fence again and say, you know, without knowing all the details, it's hard to <laughs> sort of think too much. But just going, centrist. Now, going by last year, he wanted out. Um, essentially, you know, put most of the responsibility for his injuries on the club. Yeah. And has injured himself again. So whose responsibility is it this time? See, this is why um, I'm, I'm not as emotional about it this time around. It's because, look... If you, from what I can tell, if he was doing everything he could be doing to get his body right, he probably have his body right by now. Yeah, or or Essendon's medical department is a complete disaster, which history shows isn't necessarily the case. And they've actually, um, and they have, rec- and they have of as of like last end of last year or this year recruited the uh, Hawthorne fitness guru in Sean Murphy. Yeah. So there's no excuses. Yeah. Um, so you already wanted out. I think Essendon should have traded him last year. The fact that he's a free agent this year means he can either, he'll either walk or like you said, Ben, they'll match it and they'll get what they're given. But given he hasn't played, 
likely will even play half of this already half a season. You can't imagine they're going to get too much. No. Um, given he's already declared he doesn't want to be there, his, his injury history and yeah. lack of on-field time, I don't think Essendon are going to get much for him if he does decide enough's enough. And moving moving that far away, fair enough if you hate the city of Melbourne, but he's distancing himself from the club, so he's not leaving any sort of impression that he wants to be there. But that, that's the thing. I'm not sure if he's... I, I That's me thinking you're reading too much into that like moving i don't know if he's moving away from the club if, if as opposed to just moving closer to uh and uh, like a, a an area that is closer to home for him if that makes sense like being like he grew up on like out in the country out in the farm and all that sort of stuff so maybe it isn't a case of moving away from the club but just moving closer to home yeah, I'm just thinking more from like having your teammates by your side, and if you're really, if you're really feeling the love and support for them, it would I don't know, it would influence me to not move so far away. But I mean, he seems like he's been struggling with this for years anyway, so it's yeah, I doubt it was a like put it this way, if rash Je- decision at the time. If Jesse Hogan decided, you know, he he said like he went to Freo, look, you know, I'm going to be at the club, but I just want to, I'm going to move, you know. To, I don't know Bunbury because I want to be closer to my you know to you know my family or whoever it is um, I'm put would Freo not agree with that I have no idea <laughs> <laughs> but that's but, but that's what I mean like it's, 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 it's the same sort can, of this is it's the same sort I don't really of thing think, I, I, I don't I, think clubs can tell players where to live but that, but, yeah. but that's it. Like, it, like, would it be a negative connotation if Jesse Hogan did that, or would you just think, oh no, Jesse Hogan? Just well, he did that because he he told Melbourne I want to go home. No, but if like if he told Frio that, like he's like he's in like I, I get it. He wanted to go home and he went to Frio. Uh, but I think. Like, what I'm I meaning think if, if Frio if he ended up being like three hours away from Frio as opposed to half an hour away. I I feel like if Jesse Hogan had come out and said I want to go to another club and then he moved away it would be concerning for me as a club. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. if he's not looking at an an option to leave Frio and he's just, I just need to kind of live somewhere else, but I'm staying here, contracted here, and this is where I want to be, then I wouldn't think too much of it. Yeah. That's a fair enough point. So, I, I mean, it could be the best thing for his mental well-being and like for him to escape the footy bubble, um, mm. but it also could be him distancing himself which hopefully it's not. I mean, I wouldn't want that to be I, the case. I'd like... I mean, either, either way, it's whatever's best for him is ultimately the decision that I'm oh, yeah. fine with. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I'd like to... You know, this just being me and having the bias that I have, I'd like it to be more in line with Essendon, but if it's not, then it's not. And it is what it is. Yeah. So uh, I guess we'll, we'll jump across from that one. We're now looking at... Another topic that was talked up, we won't spend too long on this one, but I'm not sure if you guys saw there was a lot of commentary around um, the Alex Jezelenko mark and whether it was overrated or if it was justified oh, in, yeah. in the fact that it was kind of... You're like overrated. One of, his, <laughs> one of yeah, the all-time so, greats. How, much, how mean, much of it was commentary? How much of it was the mark? 
But, you know, that yes. the mere fact that something can be underrated, overrated, or correct, correctly rated is subjective in itself. So, That's you know, true. We, we argue about, we don't argue, but, you know, we talk all the time about who's, who's the best player ever and no one's ever, you know, we come to a general consensus of like a handful of players. But no one is ever going to agree. You can't objectively say he's the best player ever. So when people talk about like, yeah, that was the greatest mark ever, it's sub- subjective on its own. Yeah. And when you talk about, like when we talk about greatness, a lot of it has to do with influence and impact. Yep. And that mark has gone down in history, regardless of how amazing or not amazing you think it is. We still talk about it and refer back to it. So yep. it's had a huge impact on... I guess football-related pop culture. Yeah. I was going to say well, something yeah. can be the greatest without being the best, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's that was going to be my exact point. Was that um, it's a great mark not because it looks good, but because of what it did for that particular mark itself. Like that yeah, was no, the like- catapult. That was the catalyst that kind of went okay, no, everyone's going to try that now and it's just going to get better and better and better. It st- yeah. all started from that Jezelenko mark. And Eddie Maguire made a good point as well. It's like, even in-game, Collingwood were up and then yeah. after that mark, they were absolutely buried. Yep. So it swung the game and it swung, I guess it swung footy pop culture, you know, forever. Yep. I guess there's, there's two we're still, terms. We're talking about it now. There's two terms you kind of associate with King of the Pack. One's Jezelenko and one's Kappa. So and I'll yeah. go with the former over the latter any day. <laughs> and that's saying something considering Jezelenko is Carlton. Well and, and, and it wasn't and like, given I've that, seen marks which I thought were, you know, more special. Yeah, yeah. We need a button for that. But <laughs> Oh, we've got one. We just haven't installed it yet. <laughs> but it was there's no way you could say it wasn't a good one. Oh, for sure. I think well, I mean, if you put him up next to Jeremy Howe, Jeremy Howe's probably going to outmark most people. But yeah. I <laughs> mean, there's a few Mark of the Year winners that I look at, and I think Gary oh. Gary Moorcroft. I don't think that was. It's got to be one of the all-time greats. Yeah, yeah. The sheer that, fact that he's love... never the same player again after that mark, as well. Any any player that lands on their feet does themselves a disservice. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> looking Sampy's at you, Ashley, mark Sampy was great. <laughs> yeah, he just ran off. Whereas yeah. if he'd fallen down and just like you know collapsed on himself, he'd yeah, if he'd fallen, would have been blown away. Even his even neck, if he gone <laughs> off on a stretcher, even if he feigned yeah, it, like down if, history. He, if he like decided to sort of land on his feet, but sort of like land, go down, and then sort of roll, <laughs> like as if he was yeah. going with the the impact of it, like so he doesn't yeah, yeah doesn't just spring back up, like yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah, oh well. yeah. So. Call it the greatest if you want. Don't call it the greatest. It's weird to argue about it, but yeah, for me, it would probably have to be the greatest mark just because of its impact that it's had. Yeah, no, that's yeah. fair enough. But the greatest have... is debatable, but one of the greatest for sure. Yeah, that... it's a strange, strange thing to be upset about, but you know. Hey, what what <laughs> yeah. else are you going to argue about in the last ten weeks? I was about yeah, to say. Yeah, that. that's that's fair. We haven't had footy, so. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Cut they were, they were so desperate for a talking point <laughs> that there was um, all this speculation over which mark was better 
30, 40, 50, 60 years ago. Yeah, but, um, exactly. Just a question before we move on to the next part. Um, is there is there anything that's come up in the, the footy world, the talking points that you guys have kind of heard and thought, okay, this is something we should be talking about or have we kind of checked off the key ones? Because a lot of it was garbage, to be honest. But um, uh, Well, I just wanted to – I did want to shout out the big freeze was on today. Yeah. Um, yes. Should shout that out every year because it's great. Oh, yeah. Um, everyone doing it their own way because obviously they can't do it all, all at the G all at once. So yep. clubs did it in their own time and then submitted them all. Yeah. Put them all up on Twitter. Players got dressed up. Uh, I think Mitch Robinson wins the day as – Tiger King, but there were some really good costumes. Um, some seemed like barely effort, and I agree with Brian Taylor's review of Orazio. Like he's got a mustache, but doesn't look that much like him. But how close can you get to him? Well, considering Fantasia, <laughs> I, I think is the same weight as one of his legs. Um, it kind of <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, Fantasia did say Brian's not this large. It's, it's, a, it's <laughs> so, a tough ask. Yeah. They acknowledged yeah. it, yeah. And uh, I did like Taylor Walker's probably not so subtle dig at Kane, Kane Collins <laughs> dressing up as a fireman. Yeah. Um, he didn't have to say it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Every, I think everyone, everyone got it. it. Everyone it, it. It wasn't a doubt in anyone's mind. No. And that, um, there was Kane Collins mentioned a thing, I think it was probably a month or six weeks ago, about someone texting him thinking they were anonymous. And then Kane Collins saying, I'm not going to out you, but you need to stop, otherwise I am going to out you. And we all Gee. know who it was. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that does not give it away at all. Yeah, it's... um, Their um, individual rivalry is hilarious. It's beautiful. It's Because you look at like where they came from as well, and Kane Collins from Glenelg, which is like the Claremont of Perth or yeah. the... Um, what is it? Brighton of Melbourne. Yeah. And then... Text. Taylor Walker's from like a town of 15 in New South Wales or something. So <laughs> the, the, the clash is easy. It's easy to see why oh, they don't. So good. It's so good. It's so good. Like, I, I, like, honestly, when it's all, when the dust had settled and it's all over, there needs to be some sort of movie or series about it, something. Like, it's just. It, uh, it, it, given what on. happened with this, you can you know that Kane is petty enough to throw one back as well. Oh He's, yeah, yeah. He'll say something. There's no chance he could just kind of let it die now and just be like, "Nah, I'm nah. Wait, it's done. Wait for Talkback Radio tomorrow morning. There'll be something that there'll be some no, sort of comment now that, that he'll make. Now that the footy's actually back, oh yeah, he'll, he'll get the low hanging fruit of Tex had one handball and a quarter or something, and then yeah, <laughs> play it up like he's cooked. You know? <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> there'll be something. Any chance at a dig? Yeah. All right, something else. Something a bit more lighthearted, but also something that probably could get quite heated, is the top twenty players of the last twenty years was announced by Fox Sports um, over this period. So I'm going to yep. run through them and give you the top twenty. Um, once uh, I we, get to, yeah. Oh, I was just going to say we should add that um, Nathan, you know, you know this list. Me and Brent do not. We haven't seen mm-hmm. this list at all. Yeah, we have no so idea who's on it. The reaction you'll get is 100% genuine. These guys are hearing it for the first time. Um, you could probably take a guess at who's on the list, but maybe not the order. So, yeah. do you want me to Damien start from Pepper. 20 and work my way down? Yeah. Yes. Okay, yes. so the okay. 20th best player since 2000. Surely Richard Tambling's in there. 
<laughs> he's ahead of Buddy like the draft. <laughs> yeah, good. So um, <laughs> the, the 20th best player in the last 20 years was Dane Swan. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. One, one spot ahead of him at 19 is Jonathan Brown. Too, too late. Yeah. Mm. Too late, as in he, he should be closer to one. Yeah, I, just I got inducted into the Hall of Fame. I would have thought. Yeah. I would have thought around the top ten at least. So yeah, just yeah. Like how? Okay, what, what other? What other key? Like there's the the powerful. Oh, he'll the get last, there. I mean, yeah. yeah well, trust me, I'll, I will get to those suckers. Um, yeah. All right, eighteenth is Luke Hodge, three-time Premiership player, an absolute workhorse. Yeah. So talent. Probably not in the top twenty. Leadership, correct. Though. Yep. Leadership and achievements as a player is like top five. Yeah. Yep. Which gives yeah. So maybe so, is probably right. I'd, I'd, yeah, like with that, with what you just said, I think you've <laughs> yeah. just argued just on the yeah, I, on the balance of play. He's, he's a solid eighteen. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Probably. Okay, so we have got Swanee Brown Hodge at seventeen. We've got the man we've spoken about, Andy McLeod. Oh, personal bias, too low, but it's probably about right. <laughs> I was going to say, that's probably pretty accurate. Yeah. And he was like, it was Ben Cousins and Andrew McLeod when I was growing up. So he, was, he was a genuine superstar, that guy. How um, did you I, feel with um the preliminary, the Adelaide Eagles preliminary final then? When it was, like, obviously, you wanted West Coast to win, but it was McLeod Cousins. You know, That would have been a little bit salivating for you, even if it was a final. Yeah, well, it was Benny every time, but and West Coast every time. <laughs> yeah. It's one of those times, you know, the rare occasion when you want one of your favourite players to just be really shit. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. Like, yep. Yep. <laughs> like most or, like, just be really good, but still have the team lose. Yeah, well, it's like the opposite of when you got someone in your fantasy team. Mm. When you got, like, Paddy Cripps in your fantasy team, like, oh, man, I need him to do well, but that means can't render the chance, so... I don't, know, I don't know what to do. <laughs> yeah. All right, so his, his teammate at the Crows at 16 was Mark Rusciuto, Brownlow medalist. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll say fair for now, but I don't know what's coming. So. I was going to say, so, yeah, it depends on the other players. There seems to be a solid Adelaide theme here. Number 15 is Patrick Dangerfield. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Too high. Num- <laughs> I, I, I knew, uh, if, even if I said top six, 50, you probably would have been too high. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, number 172. Right, num- no, too, no, it's too high. Number 14 is Scotty Pendlebury. Too high. Really? I would have yeah. I would have thought top 10, maybe. Yeah, so it's too high. As in... Too low, too high. The number is too high. Okay, right. Yeah, so, too low, I guess, then, yeah. More closer to top 10. Yeah. Okay, so he's, he's too... Yeah. He's too he's low. Too, yeah, um, too low. Yeah, too, too, low. too lowly rated. Um, yes. Yeah. Okay, number 13. Oh, this is a good one. Simon Black. It's uh, mm. another Hall of Famer. Yeah. I mean, he's like, he's he's the 11 of 10. He's he's one of the best players not to win a Brownlow. He did win a Brownlow. Oh, he, did he, he did win it. No, he sorry, did. to go... Yeah. To be a dual Brownlow medalist. He, yeah. um There was one year where he... He was an absolute jet, and he missed out just. Yeah, I mean, look at the team he was in. But um, but he was... Oh, I can't remember. Did they win three Brownlows in a row? Yeah, like I'm pretty Aka, sure. Uh, Black and Voss. Yeah, that's it. 
Yeah, okay. Was that in a row? Oh, you're testing me now. Because Michael Voss won when James Heard won. 2003? Oh, and a Rusciuto I thought goods. Voss won, won another one. Voss shared it with Heard. Buckley, yeah. Rusciuto and Goods shared it in 2003. Three. Yeah. So no, because Shane Moe Woden, the greatest Brownlow medalist of all time, won it in... 2000. 2000 and yep. 2000 or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah 2000. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> Acker 2001, beef, beef. Black 2002. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. All right. So I need to find myself my way back to that list again. He, he should be in top 10. Yeah. But yeah. it depends. Yeah. He should be in dual brown I'd have him in top 10. Um, okay. So number 12 is Nathan Fife, who is a dual brown medalist. So Yeah. I think... Now, that's probably accurate. Um, like, you don't want... I mean, yeah, it's hard to... You don't want to, like, cat, like rank players based on team success. Because no. otherwise... Like, I'm sure Nick Revolt's in this list. If we did that, he wouldn't be in it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yep. But I think now, like, given the stage of his career as well, it's close... It's, Close, but not that close to finishing. You know, he's probably got like what five, six years to go. Yeah, but there's a, yeah, enough I body of that, work to suggest that. Yeah, I think that's probably about right. Two brown lows yeah. in what ten years? What, what is it? When, when was he drafted? 2010. Yeah, I think so. So two brown lows in ten years is pretty good. One yeah. every five years. One in a one in a runner-up team and one in a yeah. garbage team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're going on to number eleven. So there's a theme here. Another dual brownlow medalist, Adam Goods. I would have him in the top ten. Agreed. Yeah, because he could play anywhere. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. The, the, the ultimate. Uti- he was the utility player. Yeah. yeah. He's um. Yeah. Looking at some of these players ahead of him, I'm surprised. Uh, okay, number ten, <laughs> Matty Scarlett, legend, oh. legendary fullback. <laughs> yeah. Now, so now we, now you're getting into my bias, where I think he should be in the top five. He was. I, he was uh, the like. He was the. After Dustin Fletcher, he was the one of the greatest defenders of all time. He's um uh, yeah, I have him in the top ten. Yeah, so I'll probably be happy with him there. I don't know who's next, so I'm happy with him there. So he yeah, yeah. he is ten. So defenders <laughs> this, don't get any love, man. Defenders don't get no love. It's, so you've you've gone from so, who so you so think is um who's top five, and then this next guy who's actually ninth, I believe Ben will say number one is James Hurd. Yes. <laughs> Why isn't he? Oh, because he because no, he, um, he, his body of work feeds into the last century as well. So that's why. Ah, okay. So there's probably other reasons than that. Um, I'd have him. I'd have him top ten. We're talking greatest player. We're not talking about greatest player and coach as well. We're just talking. <laughs> to be fair, he's a pretty he, good coach. He did. Yeah. He just did he break his leg? Uh, he no, it's the whole thing with his son as well at the moment is the navic the, the navicular. Oh, navicular. And That's he also right. had his um, Michael Voss broke his leg. Yeah, and uh, he also had his face yeah. smashed in by Mark McVeigh one year. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I think I saw some stat that he'd like missed by the time he played his two hundredth game, he'd missed a hundred games or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was like, if, oh if, man, if he wasn't so unlucky with the injuries that he got, because when he got injured, he got injured. Um, yeah, yeah, he, he would, fell, pro- yeah, he probably, literally fell to pieces. Yeah, he probably wouldn't be ninth. He probably would be, you know, top three. Yeah, he's easily top ten for me. 
top one. He uh, won, won far too many games against West Coast for my liking. Ah, yeah, that was good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so from James Hurd, here's one for you. Number eight is Dustin Martin. Oh, my God. I'm surprised they didn't put him in the top five. Okay. <laughs> I have problems with this. I also not because he's this. not not because he's not good. <laughs> and here's the rest of the podcast. <laughs> I I just can't. He's been I can't good understand. for four years. Yeah, I can't understand why he is yeah. ahead of Adam Goods, uh, yeah. Simon Black, who was year on year a gun. Scott Pendlebury has been good for like a decade. Like I don't. He's he's one ahead of James Hurd. I just can't have that. I can't stand it. I can understand James Hurd not being number one in the eyes of everyone, everyone else, but to be ahead of, but to be, to have Dustin Martin. Do you reckon if Richmond didn't win, do you reckon if Richmond didn't win two flags, we'd care this much about him? Probably not. I, my beef is that, my beef is that he's the number, the top three, if not top one in some years, Clangers player in the competition for the last five years. Yeah. Like he's one of the most I, inaccurate disposers of the ball. I mean, in front of goal, he's bloody amazing. But as far as I was going to say, it's because it's because he's flashy. Yeah. yeah, X Factor wins wins commentary votes, and he's and he's always flashy. To like, well, surely, surely, Nick Nat's number one then in this list. Like, <laughs> come on, um, no, he's not. He's not it, playing in I Victoria, so you can write him off. So this is surreal. So far. One. Like Bruce McAvaney so wrote this, didn't he? If I had to pick, you know, if I had to do, if, do we, uh, if I had this list but wasn't allowed to remove any players and just had to rearrange it, he would probably just be at 20. Yeah, I, I agree. I'd I put think, every single one of the players you've said so far ahead of him. I just think if you've if you've looked at all the other players over the long term, yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, Dusty's had his moments throughout his career, but the last few years when Richmond's been a force, he's been... Uh, incredible. The problem is, yeah, it's three years. You know, like, yeah, that, that's a, yeah, that's the problem. Is for one, how much of that is the fact that he's playing in a team that basically dominates every week anyway, and yeah, yeah. and how much of it is that? Okay, well, I don't know. He, he, how would he be this good? Say if he played when Nat Fife's playing, or if he played in a team for that's Carlton. that's struggling yeah. for Carlton with Paddy Cripps. Yeah, Paddy Cripps is getting it done every week. With nothing yeah, well, around. I mean, he wasn't winning Brownlows when Richmond weren't making finals. So I was going to say that he's been good while the team's been good. Let's see how good he is when the team ends up not being as good. I don't know when that yeah. will be, but you know. <laughs> yeah, it might be twenty. Hopefully soon. Yeah, fingers crossed. It's sooner <laughs> rather than later. <laughs> so there's this only year, seven. Thanks. So on the bad side of it, there's only seven players in the last twenty years who are rated higher than Dustin Martin. Yeah, um, that's wrong. that's bull. But go on. No, number seven is Matthew Pavlich. Oh, he's top four or five. Yeah, I I do wonder if the the WA factor adds onto it, like kind of sure gives does. it gives a minus one on the on the. Mate, if he played for Collingwood, would be if he played for Collingwood, would be everyone would be talking about him like he's the greatest player yeah. ever. And it blows my mind to think that he won he won all all Australian honours on each line. Defense, midfield, yeah. and up front. Um, yeah, and he probably led Frio's goal kicking playing out of the back line as well. So, <laughs> yeah. so well, that's that's a lot of the discussion is about comparing him to Rebolt, and yet they all they basically their stats are identical. Yet Pavlich started playing as a defender. So, yeah, 
Yeah, it's like yeah, we we just talked about Adam Goods being. Like, I just talked about Adam Goods being like the utility player, and there you have Matthew Pavlich literally yeah, being Pavlich, the utility player who got yeah, was, like you said, all Australian honors on every line. He was such a good key forward, but for so long his team was garbage. Yeah. So he had to go get the ball. Yeah, yeah. it was the free yeah, so Pavliches. It was like he had to go yeah. grab the ball to kick to nobody if only he was up forward as and well. And then go run onto it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or just have shots from 60. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so, that is WA. So I may have kind of alluded to this one, but at number six is Nick Revolt. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's hard to split them. Yeah. Oh, for sure. It's um, And the running. I, I guess do, you yeah. always attribute that running, gut running to Nick Revolt. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. And now, yeah, you said like we talk about goals, you compare goals, and have played a lot down back, but I think diff- different kind of player as well. Yeah. So Pav was wasn't really a power forward, like he was a powerful forward, but Ben, I think, mentioned the Jonathan Brown. Where where are all the other power forwards in this list for comparison? And those two, I think, were like the the modern day. Yep. Power forward for sure. Yep. For sure. So we've, we're now at our top five, guys. This is where it starts getting juicy. So the See, now fifth, we're at the top five. We're, it's, uh, okay. So the fifth, <laughs> the fifth best player in the last twenty years is Nathan Buckley. Yeah. So. Yes. Yeah. It's in, it's incredible to see that over that period of time he averaged twenty four point five disposals. Back then, that was good though. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, really, I just, like I just hope they're now. not. I, I'm assuming they're going from 2000 to whenever he retired, as opposed to the rest of his yeah, career. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's the remainder. Yeah, from 2000 that's, onwards. So in that period of time, from 2000 onwards, he won a Norm Smith, a Brownlow, three All Australians, and two Best and Fairest. Yeah, Norm Smith and a losing grand final. I was going to say, and yet he's, and yet Matthew Pavlich is considered not as good as Buckley. Yeah. Yeah, but midfielders are always considered. Yeah, yeah, that that's true. Yeah, and he, and he plays for Collingwood. That's a pretty big just, caveat to add. Yeah, see, yeah, so like, yeah, I don't. I, I okay. don't agree with that. So here, okay, here's one for you. Number four, I it pains me to say this, but I rate this guy as one of the best players I've ever seen, Chris Judd. <laughs> oh, oh, too low. <laughs> so, so all right. So just to give you no, some context, I, I agree with that. I agree. It's so, not that he's too low, but I agree with his position. So yeah, from two thousand yeah, yeah. from two thousand on, he played two hundred and seventy nine games, kicked two hundred and twenty eight goals from the midfield. He was almost good for a goal a game. Two hundred and ten yeah. Brownlow votes and averaged twenty three disposals. So in that time, he got he was a premiership captain, a North Norm Smith medalist, two time Brownlow medalist, two time AFLPA MVP, six time All Australian, once as captain, and five time Best and Fairest across two clubs. That's a pretty pretty handy CV. Don't really need to say much more other than that, really, do no, you? No, no, don't. No, no, speaks no. for itself. Okay, number yep. three. Played with, oh, played his career with arthritis too, so we didn't even actually see the best of Chris Judd. Oh, wow. How scary is that? That's horrifying. That is, that is, <laughs> that is legit terrifying. <laughs> yeah. Do you know, during, during the years that Chris Judd was at West Coast, I hated the fact that by default, Frio had to play them twice every year. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Yeah, but Paul Hayes will be won the medal. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, Paul Hayes. <laughs> oh god, yeah. that's good. Won like ten bloody Ross Glendinning medals. <laughs> yeah. So speaking of a, a guy that wins a lot of medals, number three, Michael Voss. Yeah. I so I I hate I hate I hate because Brisbane and all that, but I, if I try and take all of my bias aside, it's still there. So no, it's so no. so his stats, so, his stats in this period of time don't match up with Juddies. To be fair, they're not they're not even. Well, I mean, they're almost a goal a game, but I, I don't know. The, the thing that goes for him is at the start of this century, he won three premierships as a captain. He was twice yeah. the AFL PA MVP, so same as Juddy. He was a three-time yeah. All-Australian and three-time Best and Fairest. So as far as like his All-Australian honours and stuff like that goes, and individual stuff, he hasn't had the same wins as Juddy over this uh, since the turn of the century. But I guess the body of work beforehand and all the his team, team success, the kind of yeah, the team success <laughs> yeah. at the start of this period was just second to none. Well, I mean, yeah, besides I think- Hawthorne. Um, if we go back to what I said about Luke Hodge, where talent not in top 20, but leadership and team success and what he contributed is top five, Michael Voss would be... All of it. Yeah, in, in the top five. That's why <laughs> yeah. I and can't he broke say his, he, he broke his leg in like the late 90s, I think, just after he won a Brownlow. And Simon Black said in his uh, Hall of Fame speech that he doesn't reckon he, he was the player that he could have been. So another, that's pretty scary. (laughs) Yeah, definitely top five. I can recognize. It's funny how, um, in retrospect, the interstate players start to get recognized a lot more. So it's at the time, no one harps on about Michael Voss as much. But now that it's twenty years later, we're like, oh, hang on, how good was he? It's probably it's probably because like Michael Voss doesn't have. You know, fifty, sixty, seventy thousand plus people watching him every, every single every week. week. Yeah. Exactly. It isn't yeah. until all of those people are able to go back and watch them on the tapes that they go, "Oh, you know, he was actually pretty good." <laughs> also, and you say three-time premiership captain. Yeah, yep. that's that. That's all you need to say. Really, it's pretty pretty big. I can I can okay. understand and I can recognize why people put him in the top five, but nah, suck an egg. Okay, <laughs> so I, I, it brings us to top two, and I guess anybody and everybody could guess who these two are going to be. Um, number two is a bloke who's, who's played three hundred games, <laughs> nine hundred and forty-four goals, one hundred and seventy Brownlow votes, a two-time Premiership player, eight times All Australian, one-time Best in Paris, four-time Coleman medalist, eleven-time club leading goal kicker. It's Bud. Yeah. So yeah, you said that. And now I know who's number one. And in any other world, Lance Franklin being the second best player in the last 20 years is a disgrace. <laughs> in, any, in any other world. Uh, yeah, no, I, I guess I, I do, I do who's agree that um, Dustin Fletcher is far and away better than Buddy Franklin <laughs> over the last 20 years. So I do I do, I do, I do agree. Yeah, I do understand that. Yeah, but yeah, I, if, if if, in, in, in any other format, yeah, Buddy, number one. I'm 99% sure who number one is. And if that bloke didn't play, then yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, at number one, which I guess most people would guess, unless you've uh, only just started watching it's, footy. It's Richard Tambling, eh? <laughs> I've already Three, said it. It's Fletcher. <laughs> 346 games, 437 goals. So 
He's scoring <laughs> a lot of goals from the middle. Uh, 266 Brownlow votes, averaging 25 disposals a game. Two-time premiership player, two-time Brownlow medalist, five-time AFLPA MVP. So he's basically renamed the Lee Matthews medal to his pretty much. Eight-time All-Australian, <laughs> six-time best and fairest, three-time, how's yeah. this, three-time club leading goal kicker, <laughs> Gary Ablett. <laughs> Junior. Yeah, probably for Gold Coast. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, it would. Yeah, still counts. He pl- That's not enough Brownlows. I, I agree. Two. I agree. <laughs> That's not enough. But he's, when um, you said 266, I was like, yeah, Brownlows? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so he's, he's the all-time leading um, vote-getter, I believe, by a long way. Yeah, I'd, I'd say so. Probably. That's a lot of votes. But yeah, yeah. Gablet, yeah, number one. There's, yeah. Has to be, yeah. So okay, one of the few that I'll agree with. I'm gonna I'm gonna put my um, blue and gold glasses on right now, and say why isn't the most important ruckman that's played in the last I don't know a long time. We talking Coxie? Not yeah, not in the top twenty. Well, we've already established this, Brent. It's because he hasn't retired yet and hadn't had the retrospect. Happen on his career. Dean so, Cox hasn't retired. Oh, I thought you what? meant. I thought you were talking about Nick Natanui. No, no, he, he yeah, he'll be number one. So we <laughs> we actually haven't got a ruckman in the top twenty players of That's the last tw- twenty years. Dean Cox changed. Like we've we've been over yeah. this. Yeah. And uh, listeners can they can go back into the archives. We've we've all gone over this. <laughs> How important he's been to the role of. The modern Ruckman. And yeah. even that team. Yeah. That's... Oh, and Dustin Martin's in there. There you go. Yeah. That, that, you take Please. out Dustin Martin, you put in Dean Cox, and Brent's a Brent's happy boy. Yeah, just put him at 20. I don't care. He's in there. Surely. Maybe it's um maybe it's because no one paid attention to him except... The only the only Victorian club that paid attention was when... Was it Tyrone Vickery punched him in the face? Yeah, yeah. That's the only time they ever noticed Dean Cox, although he revolutionised the game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sure, Sydney don't like him that much. Oh, yeah. And Probably not. Understandable omission, but... I, I just think, uh, surely uh, surely there's a Ruckman, and it would be Dean Cox, that has to crack the top 20. It'd have to be him, wouldn't it? Who else is there? Yeah. Sanderlands? But yeah. even then, Sand- Sanderlands didn't really transform the game. He just dominated. Exactly. He was just big. Yeah. That was all that was. Like, if we talk about Grundy as Cox 2.0. So, therefore. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's, it's not even an argument for has Grundy transformed the game. It's just, is Grundy Cox 2.0? Yeah. So, yeah, pretty much. So and, if that, yeah. and if there is a Cox 2.0, then that means that the other one should be held in high regard and yet is not in the top 20. Yeah, okay. As someone yeah, as so someone who grew up <laughs> hating West Coast, I'm surprised to say I'm outraged. <laughs> <laughs> I was wait, I was waiting for the outrage moment. I was like I bet something about this is going to annoy me. Yeah, that And I, I mean, it just kind of keep, if I keep my glasses on, Ben Cousins should be in there, but I'll take them off. It, it's funny it's though. Ben Cox definitely should be in there. When you when you did say Ben Cousins earlier, at the, when I was at, kind of at the back end of the list, um, I, I did look ahead and realise that he didn't make the cut. And how much of that is attributed to what's happened with him since footy? Because him as 90%. a footballer, 
Him as a footballer, I I don't see how he couldn't be one of the top twenty players of the last twenty years. Yeah, it's ninety uh, percent would have to be character. Yeah, and it's the same when you get to Hall of Fame discussion. It'll be the same thing. Yeah, because well, they delayed it for Gary Ablett for donkeys. Because yeah, that's true. Character off field versus exploits on field well that and i can understand and i can understand that because at that point it's no longer just about okay how were you as a player you're now being regarded in high esteem and as an example an exemplar of the industry and the game that is australian rules football it's not just you about being a player anymore it's about who you are as a person and how you contribute to the game of football yeah and lenny hayes should be in here too yes oh yes drop that in there oh wow that's an omission quietly outraged about that. <laughs> yeah, let's let's just keep picking holes in this damn list. I'm I'm we, I'm disgusted like at myself that I didn't I, that I forgot about Lenny Hayes. All right, so while we uh, take a second to question all the all the people that have gone into this list, and I guess the validity, as Brent said, of the of the Fox Sports writers that have put this twenty together, they don't they don't know anything. They should hire us. Exactly, our redraft <laughs> will uh, will secure up there. Their um, journalism, just like pure VPN secures your connection to the internet. So mm. take a moment to consider for a second. You've spent so much time at home of late. How much of your life is transmitted over the internet on a daily basis? It's kind of creepy that you pretty much do everything over the internet um, and all that information is being transmitted. In this day and age and pretty much your entire life, it's up for sale to anyone. And with the world going into quarantine, we're going to be spending more time online than ever. Well, that was the same plug that we gave before. <laughs> it's still, it's still true. <laughs> the world's still we're, quarantined. We're not, going, we're not going into quarantine. We're just, yeah, maintaining the quarantine. As we, yeah, yeah, but even outside of quarantine, we're going to be more online than ever. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That is true. You can see I've kept up. And I mean, I was, plugs. I was like ninety to ninety-five percent online, and now I'm like one hundred percent online. So, yeah. Yeah, I, so went from, the- <laughs> I think I went from 98 to 99%. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I just completely gaffed that, but we'll, um, we'll keep going because that's just what we do. Um, one of the, yeah. one of the best ways to secure your data when you are spending so much time online is by using a VPN. Whether it's high-speed streaming, browsing, security, file sharing, or simply just privacy, you get everything you need with v- pure VPN. Your privacy is guaranteed with PureVPN's military-grade encryption, anonymous IP addresses, and a global network of high-speed service to suit every purpose. PureVPN allows you instant and unrestricted unrestricted access to all your favorite content through 2,000 strategically placed servers to help overcome any restrictions. That's why it's unrestricted. <laughs> yeah, mate. 20... <laughs> That's in the name. Uh, 24-7 support ultra-fast speed with the ability to connect up to five simultaneous devices. How many is that, Ben? Five. <laughs> what was it, I ten? Was, I was pausing for dramatic effect, but go on. Okay, okay, okay. With, uh, with connect up to five <laughs> He's taking his moment. simultaneous devices. How many is that, Ben? Five. I had to I had to jump in earlier because I, I thought you were just ignoring me. <laughs> but, um, I mean, we'll I kind of was, but I also wanted to just pause the dramatic effect. <laughs> PureVPN is compatible with 
all of your things you've got a mac windows android iphone linux chrome firefox you name it we've got it even ben's uh atari didn't we promise something does it work in does it work in the shower oh i mean Uh, sure I don't know. We'll Electrical pulse may apply. I mean, the VPN <laughs> definitely work. I'm not sure about anything else. We, we give yeah, yeah like here in sure. quarter, we give guarantees for everything. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it will even work in your hot air balloon. <laughs> Probably would. Caution, but, as, but, caution has not been tested to work in a hot air balloon. <laughs> Lucky for you, listeners of Fifth Quarter Podcast, you can experience pure VPN for as little as two eighty eight a month. That's two dollars eighty eight a month. Uh, with a full 31-day money-back guarantee. If you want your $2.88 back, they will give you that money back. Simply visit purevpn.com slash special to take advantage of this exclusive deal. No other VPN provider offers the perfect combination of premium add-ons and features like PureVPN. $2.88 a month to have your online privacy completely secured, unrestricted, yes, that's unrestricted, yes, that's unrestricted access to content <laughs> and guaranteed speeds. PureVPN.com slash fifth quarter specials. <laughs> okay. You know what we need? We need that guy who used to do... Oh, they ran ads and he was like a hawker and it was just like super loud. Do you remember? Yeah. I'm pretty and sure... And he'd be like, that's right, 99 cents. Yes, that's right, 99 cents. We need that guy. Yeah, well, I'm pretty sure that was guy is immortal and is still doing like ads across like you know the rural areas of the country. Give me his number. <laughs> I, I was hoping... You should do this. I was hoping, um, <laughs> given everything's kind of uh, at a cut price now because no one can afford certain wages, we'll be able to hire Morgan Freeman to do an ad read. Oh, God. <laughs> no, possibly. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> he might still ask a high price. Yeah, that's true. That's right. Ben, Ben's loaded. We'll, uh, we'll just... <laughs> We could pay him in um, we pay him in pure VPN subscriptions. Oh, exactly. Oh, we could do that. Yeah. Bonus. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. So, anyway, kind of lost my way there with that ad read, but <laughs> hopefully it was. It's cap- been a while, guys. It's been a while. <laughs> hopefully it was a captivating ad read, just like this next segment, which we like to call captivating questions. So oh, I was gonna I was gonna shout out random guesses, but. Oh, okay. I, I always jump in too early with the dramatic pause. <laughs> you you got to get that comedic timing down, Pat, mate. Oh, yeah, mate, it's fine. No, we've, lost, we've lost the moment. I'm a premature <laughs> pause ender. I'm a... Oh, yeah, you're just premature. <laughs> oh. so, so, so here's my question straight off the bat to start captivating yeah. questions, given all the change that's been going on and uh, all yeah. the like, unforeseen, unprecedented things, all that rubbish that people keep saying. There's a time now for us to trial different things, which we are doing with the different format. What do you guys think about... I think we've discussed this before, but do you think the AFL should give it a crack and go with a night granny this year? And is that is that something that's likely to happen? Given they want to do think, that Super Saturday of... Um, I yeah, think, I think if there's no crowds, they don't have the excuse. So yeah. a lot of people say, you know, if they started at night, everyone's just going to be too pissed to even see the game, which is relatively true if you're watching at home anyway. But yeah. I think with no crowds, there's no logistical problems. Yep. yep. Ratings will be higher. Yep. Ad time would be more expensive because it's, it's not prime time, it's Saturday night, but it's better than Saturday afternoon. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, because yeah. it's, it's my un- yeah. it's my understanding that they want to do a Super Saturday where it's um, the horse racing would lead into the AFL Grand Final, so they would yeah, share right. the day and it would be kind of a, a mm. joint build up towards. And so I mean, as you say, everyone's <laughs> everyone's going to be smashed by the time the racing finishes. <laughs> yeah. But um, I mean, if if, yeah. the N- if the NFL can do a night game and the and the Americans seem to get by without mm. being too wasted, can, Out of- can we not follow suit? Well, I figured that, yeah, yeah like, so. like Brent sort of touched on, out of all the seasons that they could have put, like, sort of done this as a test, this is the best season to do it because of the circumstances at hand. Like, And I think even, even by the time we get there, I don't think restrictions will ease so much to have 100,000 people in one place. <laughs> no. <laughs> or even, so there but, might be, like, 5,000 or something, and it's like, oh, that'll just be... Well, the rich wanks the, don't go anyway. The way I see it as well is that the season is already different. It's already changed. It's already not like any other yeah. season we've got. It's already so it's already um, just asterisk exactly. Season. So just go with it. Like if <laughs> yeah. if the whole argument was, oh, we want to maintain the status quo, we want to maintain tradition of the yeah. AFL we don't and like everything. Change. We don't like change. Well, this is nothing but change this season. So let's yeah. just yeah. test everything. Let's just trial exactly. everything that the AFL's been wanting to trial and see what sticks. Mate, wise yeah. words coming from Ben over there. Thanks. Oh, I do I have them. I do have them every four to six years. Pulling back. Pulling that out the bag. <laughs> <laughs> just wait. Right, Fox that's... Footy will have a. We'll have an article about that in the next week. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's my captivator so over to you boys I've got, I've got quite a few and I've got one that go, go ahead because mine was pretty much what Nathan's was going to be anyway well mine mine's following a similar thread of the grand final so there's been a lot of talk about it, uh, best of three grand final series where do you guys stand on potentially shifting from show up on the day and win or Give it your best go three times. Um, see, I can... Uh, Purely going off the 2010 grand final, I would rather it just stay as one because <laughs> that second game was trash. Yeah. I'm going on... I'm going to agree with Nathan, but for different reasons. So I see where they're going at with the sister, like the, 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 the multiple game sort of final thing with the NBA doing it and the MLB and everything. I still they're non-contact sports, but it, exactly that's they it's comparing apples with oranges. It's not the same sport. If you're going to want to compare American sport with Australian sport or AFL with an American sport, <clears throat> the best one to do it with always has been and NFL. always will be exactly the NFL. And the NFL is very actually the NFL season is very like is very equivalent to the AFL season this year. Is that most of the teams are only going to play each other once. Maybe twice if, if you're in, yeah. Maybe twice if you're in, twice only if you're in the same state. So very similar to the conferences and everything like that. Um, so you're like, so you're not going to have any kind of advantage over any any team that you've played before because you wouldn't have had because you wouldn't have played them before. Mm-hmm. And the as yeah, we, it's very <laughs> rare for teams in the Super Bowl to have actually played exactly that year. Yeah, um, and so. Uh, and the fact that like the the game itself is already you know twenty minutes uh, long, or seventeen and a half minutes this year, this season anyway, um, with all that contact and everything like that, I think 
yeah, it's just you're going to get a more of a spectacle, more of a spectacle. It's going to be way more entertaining. It's going to be a lot more electrifying uh, and a lot more uh, talented if you just keep it all in the one game as opposed to spreading it out for three games. Because then all of a sudden you're like, okay, well, you're not going to get the same team all three games. Like with the NBA and the ML, especially the NBA, it's like, okay, you have a five core players and then you have your, your depth. With the AFL, you need more than five players in order to win a game, let alone a grand final. So, Well, arguably in the NBA, you only need one good player. But Yeah, but the point still stands. Is that yeah, to co- yeah. you're not to having add- the best two teams play, you're having the best two clubs go at each other like you don't even the past two clubs you're just having the past club you're having the clubs that managed to, manage to get to the grand final and then just sort that and then just play around with their teams to make sure they've got the best ones for whatever for the next three for the next three weeks it's like no no no, no. just have the best team play the other best team on the one day at the one time and to kind of add to I know that you wanted- sorry yeah go for it yeah to kind of add on to that it's um you, you look at those sports the baseball the basketball um, they're playing every second or third day because they're able to do so. The footy players yeah. can't can't do that. So what are we no. meant to do? Spread our grand final over three weeks? Like spend almost a month watching people no. play yeah. off for a grand final? Like at I'm least sure. in the NBA, a, a best of seven will go over the over the space of two, two weeks, weeks, and you and yeah. you're gonna get seven games in fourteen days or whatever. So like really, yeah. um, there, it'll be too drawn out. On top of that. I was just thinking of something else. If we had to watch a second game of GWS and Richmond, I oh man, I would pull my pull my eyes out. And on yeah. top of that, if say go back to two thousand and five, two thousand and six, where West Coast and Sydney went at it, can you imagine if I don't know, say the the year that um, Sydney won it with Leo Barry, you star bang, it. They'd be like, okay, cool. That was game one. Now we'll go on and play game two. What yeah. if what if game two is trash? Then you're kind of like, oh, well, the moment of that series was game and one. And the rivalry dies. Like yeah, ex- exactly. So having it, given that it has to be so spaced out logistically for each game, that's where I think it, the issue lies. If it was every two or three days, maybe, but that's just not going to happen. I mean... It would have yeah, been- and you look at it, if, if you think of it like grand final day, there's there's... There's no tomorrow, so they just every player on the field just gives a hundred and if they're giving a hundred percent every other game, they're giving like two hundred percent on grand final day. Yep. Yeah, they beat the crap out of each other for two hours. There's someone's going to be injured afterwards, but you don't hear about it. Cause it doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, imagine players doing that for two hours, and then next week they're expected to do it again and then again. Yeah, yeah. like Ben said, you're not going to see the same team. No, no And way. people try to make the argument of like, oh, if we did that, then Phil Davis could have played in a, in a grand final. So, yeah, but then someone else could have got injured and not played in the next one. Exactly. Yeah. Is it, it, and I, I kind of like that. And it, like, it, are we going to change it every game? You play three. Is every game now a best of three? Like, why is only the grand final the only one where you don't have to rock up to the first one? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know. And, and like, we don't round have... one, if you don't, if you don't play well, you lose. Too bad you don't get another shot at round one. Exactly. Yeah. He lost the game. And we don't um, need to standardise the way we structure the season. I know there's such an obsession with we need to kind of Americanise the way we do things. Um, but you look at different sports around the world, like the Premier League. They don't actually play in a finals competition. It's just whoever finishes top is is the champions for that season. Um, in the basketball, you play a best of seven. In the AFL, you play a one-off grand final. 
each of it has its own unique way to do it. Well, yeah. the US, they have the same kind of concept for a lot of sports, but like yeah. each of it has its own unique way and none of it's wrong. So why are we trying to standardize it to be something else? Like really, when you look at the Premier League, you could argue there's no, there's no grand final, but at the end of the day, you're looking at whoever wins the league is head and shoulders the best team. It's not it just really they had It's only coming from, I noticed that it comes from, well, Don Pike's pushed for it a lot and I can see why. Because his team didn't show up to the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It need, he needs three games in order to get a good yeah. game out of his club. Yeah, team. yeah. This seems to come from people whose team didn't necessarily play very well on the day. Yeah, but like, I wouldn't have been surprised if Eddie was pushing for a yeah best of three. But he gets it. But he's a traditionalist as well. It's like, yeah. what's wrong with one? Just outside just, of the just game, just win on the day. Just outside of the game itself, I don't see the state oh. of Victoria even like agreeing to it. Like, because they've got like it's a public holiday now, and they've got the whole grand final parade, which is the day before the grand final. So if you go into a three <laughs> yeah, game system, on. that yeah, that whole thing becomes null and void. And any and the cricket, the cricket starts very very soon <laughs> after as well. Can you imagine if um. Yeah. Can you imagine if we did it, did this, and it applied to the whole final series, a, a, a final series, a four-week final That's series would become a three-month season. Oh man, the AFL would do it because they'd get oh, so much money for yeah, it. Yeah, they don't care. They don't, yeah, they don't care about the game. They care about profit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I think we're unanimous on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any, I've any? got, I've got plenty. I've got plenty. All right, maybe we'll. Uh, I'll, ask, I'll only ask one more. We'll I was going to say more, maybe, yeah. maybe do one more because of time. Okay, so got to choose now. I'll, I'll leave you with a juicy one. This is the welcome back so, special, so it's worth it. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So, of the six things I'm about to list, you can only win one of them. Okay. So, over your entire career, what would you rather finish your career having won? Brownlow medal? Out of the six. Out of these six, yeah. Yep. Brownlow medal, Lee Matthews trophy, which is the AFL Players Association MVP. Yep. The Alan Jeans Award, which is the Coach of the Year Award. So this is all, like not just as a player, like your whole, yep, yep, footy, yep. Your whole footy life. Yep. Norm Smith medal, Premiership captain, Premiership coach. So not Premiership player? No. Well, yeah. So you got premiership, either Premiership captain or Premiership coach, or Brownlow right. or Alpha. Mm. Mm. So it's it's very okay. much like an in, an individual honour. Yeah. Do you? Yeah. Would you rather be yeah. the player? Would you rather be the coach? And then I'd go. I'd go yeah. Brownlow, man. Really? Yeah. As as, as an for an individual award, I mean, I I rate the AFL MVP as a higher honour than the Brownlow, but. When, it's got any, more ring to it, eh? Anytime, any, yeah. Anytime anyone talks <laughs> about the greats of the game, they say Brownlow medalist, and so I would prefer to be a Premiership player. But if it's not the case, I'll just go a Brownlow. Because then, actually, then you're like you ahead. played a whole year as an absolute beast. I'm gonna go Premiership coach because yeah, I'm with Ben because probably for the same reason. Yeah, and and yeah, um, the reason being that. Uh, like yeah, as a player, you can get the accolades and everything like that. Um, as a coach, though, I feel like it is a lot more. There's a lot more strategies, a lot more mental. Men, you know, it's a lot more intellect involved, obviously. But you need to know the game 
so well, so inside and out and have your own strategy and have it work well and not only work, like not actually, you know, have it set in stone and be very confident in it, but then have other people confident in it and have other people so confident in it that it works and it or, works the entire and the, and it work, uh, let me finish and it works the entire year <laughs> and it gets you to and it gets you premiership glory i like everything that has to go right to be a premiership coach and uh is Ben's just, living the moment now so. <laughs> i'm an actor it's what i do um, alternatively you have you just are blessed with having Simon Black, Michael Voss, Jonathan Brown, Ackermanis, Lynch and everyone yeah, okay so counter argument to that John Worsfold had Ben Cousins, Chris Judd, Daniel Kerr, yeah. Dane Cox, Andrew Embley, and they won one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that's because that's because Sydney's a bloody yeah, powerhouse as well. But had they had they been like I, I, I would dare to say that West Coast, the one that they won, was more down to their superstars than John Worsfold having some unbelievable master plan that somehow. Hundred percent was yeah. Who but if they had a better coach, because, they would have won more than because one. had they because had John Worsfold un unpicked all of Sydney like and and done that, they probably would have belted them. Like when it when it comes to premiership dynasties, who is the number one person who always gets credited the most? The coach. Thank you. But you didn't say uh, dynasty. I think it, you said one premiership. Doesn't matter. It's like the premier. It's it, the the fact like the premiership coach is the one that like is the be all end all. It's like yeah, you have the, all the glory of ever. Or, you know, you can still have all the glory of those other titles that Brent mentioned. But premiership coach, at least to me anyway, is the out of those six is the is the top one. It, it's the one that rec- that says you know like you are the. The highest caliber in in this game at this moment in time. You know it so. Yeah, well. I think. Yeah, it's the hardest one to do. Yeah, it's the hardest one. Yeah, which makes it the most rewarding. And so, just make well, a I point. Don't, I don't bit. necessarily. Think if you look at the two thousand and eight grand final, who would you put? Yeah, that win down to exactly. Well, like, I, went, I also because I also Geelong had them for talent. Like, I also oh. say that Chris Scott came into Geelong and was it Chris Scott that made them a premiership team since they'd won two of the last four, two of the last three? Yeah. So, like, Chris Scott just kind of walked into a, a situation where he wasn't a mastermind, but his team was an absolute powerhouse. So is he held in the same breath as as Clarkson in 2008 just because he won one? I would, no. I would argue that a lot of people... Um, as much as Chris Scott's name, yeah, but is Shane Chris Lowe Scott's name held in the same the, breath, yeah, because he won a brown light. And I'd say that as much you as bet, Chris Scott's name, <laughs> as much as Chris Scott's name is the premiership coach of that 2011 team, it it we all know it's actually Bomber Thompson. There's probably more the team. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was the thinking. Talent, but... And and who? <laughs> I'm pre- and I'm well, sure. I mean, they should have they should have won like six in a row. Yeah, but and but really... who was the head of that team that got them to where they could like where to to the point where they Tom could... Harley. 
<laughs> I'm going to keep going. In conjunction I, with... I didn't, Cameron Ling. Premiership <laughs> captain, Cameron Ling. I didn't see Bomber Thompson out there toe-poking it in the middle of the oh, ground. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm pretty... Yeah, anyway. No, but I'm sure he had some, strate- some, some reasoning behind... Like, he probably helped... Uh, position all of that so that that whole play could come in place. <laughs> you want you want to keep going with this? I can keep going with this. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure Bomber was still there when Chris Scott won a flag. No, he was dealing coke to someone. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's, actually, that's, so, yeah, that's true. So if that's the case, then does every premiership come down to the legacy of the coach before and the one that look, wins it doesn't actually look, deserve it? Look, there are always. The, exceptions. I guess it depends because. Damien Hardwick was there for like what? Yeah. Eight years before he won one. That's true. Look, Depends if you inherit a basket case or a I was, I was about to say, team. now that he's got now that he's got superstars on every line, seems that his job's yeah. a lot easier. Yeah. <laughs> so how much does it come down to the football department and not just the the coach? Because if you get if you alright. So if um It has to be there, there isn't be a both. football department it has to be board, both. though. It's out of the six. Like so, that this the, the, the this, if, yeah. if we bring it back to the argument at hand, it's, it's out of the six. So the club has nothing to do with those six. It's who, either who the was, players um, or it's the coaches. Who was and who was me, Port Adelaide's the highest credentials are the coaches. Who was Port Adelaide's coach in 07? Mark Williams, wasn't it? I thought it I was. was. Uh, no, I was waiting for Ben to answer. <laughs> Because I was going to say... I honestly like, don't know who was the coach in 07. Was it Charles? Mark Williams. Yeah, okay. I think it was. Cool. Like, yeah, because he, like, he did the choke. He did the choking thing. In 2004. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, no, I was going to say, that, that team choked Because they went out in straight sets like two, yeah. two years in a row or something. Yeah, yeah. They, yeah, they choked in 2001. They choked and then in they won it, And then they got absolutely slaughtered. They, they yeah, the worst grand final ever. Because yeah. I, I, I was, yeah, I was gonna say it was Choco. Was Choco a way better coach, like in two thousand and four? Like, should he have not been able to win if he was more experienced and more two, of a mastermind? Two, well, two thousand and four, he was clearly the better coach. But Lee Matthews was the better coach than him in the previous years, and Bomber Thompson ended up being a better coach than him in the in two thousand and seven. But in two thousand and four, that was his year. That was so, the year of so Mark w- Williams. So when West Coast win by what was it a point, two points? Yep. So worse. So, so that so that year was John Worsfold's year, and then the year the year before that was Paul Ruse's year. I'm failing to see what your argument is here. <laughs> so, so my argument is when they win by like a point or two points, you're saying that that com- came down completely to the coach. I'm not saying it came down completely to the coach. I'm saying that the coach has uh, shouldn't should be just as recognised as a player. And if you're going by the tops, if well, you're going hard, by and, and if you're going by again back to the original <laughs> argument at hand, if you go back to the six that Brent asked, which one would you want more than any of the others? Going by credibility and credentials, I will say, coach is the one I want. I think, Thank you. Can I think if it, anything, please? Nathan? I think if anything, Nathan's demonstrating how hard it is to win a premiership. <laughs> I'm actually just trolling Ben because it's funny. <laughs> and I'm letting you do it because it's entertaining. <laughs> because if, if you can't hear me giggling in the background, it's because every time, every time I push back, it he just gets more, <laughs> he's getting more, more out of breath. <laughs> so think of it this way, right? Like to win a Brownlow, you only have to 
play good for like half a game and get three points every game, like Patrick Dangerfield. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas if you only coach well half the time, you don't even make finals. Yep. Just think of it that way. I don't know. I reckon you could you could probably sit back and relax as as Damien Hardwick right now, and you're still going to win most of your games. <laughs> yeah, probably. I don't think he has to go he, out there and be like, take, oh, boy. Actually, yeah, he could probably take the bomber route and, you know, have, get himself a nice uh, role. Just have a Sanger. Yeah, nice like, Sanger probably, in the yeah, coach's yeah. box. He's probably Watch just like, game. oh, boys, like, make sure that I look like I care on the camera when it pans to me. But besides that, just go for it. Yeah, just archive footage of him, like, yelling. At <laughs> yeah. like, Dusty kicks a goal and it cuts to him, like, cracking the shit, throwing a water bottle or something. Yeah. So, Oops, so, wrong footage. So, okay, so we're playing Gold Coast this weekend. Uh, Jack Higgins, you can be the coach. Um, I'm just going to stay <laughs> and sit back. Enjoy myself. I think my I think my trolling's gone on too long. This is dragged out the end. Yeah, episode. definitely. Yeah, Brent, but just cut this out. It's the welcome back special. <laughs> yeah, yeah we'll, we'll strip some of that out. So we'll quickly do our run through of the upcoming fixtures and who oh, we're yeah, we should probably tip. do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So here's here's round two, the long-awaited round two. Um, we're going to quickly run through the fixture. Just give you a tip. We don't really need a justification because basically we know nothing. We have no idea what's going to happen. So there's. No evidence to give. As we're to still why. talking about AFL, right? <laughs> Forgot what podcast we're talking about. Pretty much. Um, sport we're talking about. In relation to tips, before you go on with the round, uh, did we want to make mention of the what we're doing with our tipping? Tipping is back. Yes, tipping is back. So it's uh, what? I don't even know the link. Um. Tipping.fifthquarterpodcast.com. That's how long it's been. Yeah, I've just got mine. <laughs> yeah, I've just got mine on the ESPN footy tipping thing. Um, yeah, so you can do that. Download the app. Get the search app. for the Fifth Quarter Podcast or tipping And respect to uh, Paulie Paul Vigono, who's uh, leading the way right now. Yeah, yeah, we didn't want to dog him and start again, <laughs> and I didn't want to lose my. I think I'm second. Didn't want to lose that. <laughs> I know you're third, mate. I'm second. Don't you? Don't you dare. No, well, <laughs> <laughs> better than last year. Mate, you're flying. You are flying. Ben's had a bit of a rough start, but we can expect him to come good. Yeah, I, I usually do pretty poorly in the first couple of rounds because I, like most people, have no idea what the hell is going on and need to. I don't. I don't have any idea what's going on by the time we get to the end. <laughs> so, so since we've got no idea what's happening and no idea what to say, I'm just going to run through the games and off we go. Thursday night, boys. We have Collingwood v Richmond at the G. Richmond. Yeah, Richmond. Um, I'm going to go which means they'll, Which means they'll have been undefeated for a full 12 months. <laughs> wow. Thanks, <laughs> coronavirus. Yeah, yeah. thanks, off-season and coronavirus. <laughs> 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 so I I'm, I'm, think I'm going to go Collingwood based on nothing. Um, then this, all of this these one, will be based on nothing. All of these This one, on the Kennet curse does no longer live on. Uh, Geelong versus Hawthorne. It hasn't lived on for, for quite some time. I would say Hawthorne because I want to see. So they said, "Don't justify just it." Just quickly, they're going to have no. They're going to have no fans. It's at it, yeah. I was about to say it's at Alphabet Park, but um, yeah. I, I think I'll I don't have any fans. I actually think Geelong have been found out, and so we'll go Hawthorne. Yeah. Okay. Hawthorne across the board. Uh, we head up to the yeah. Gabatoire and the Lions play host to Frio. Um, go on the Lions. Yeah, so, Brizzy. Yeah, Brizzy. 
Um, down to the oh, this does not look like a cracker, but let's go with it. Uh, at the at Marvel Stadium on Saturday, Carlton host Melbourne. Oh, you never this is how you know this game is a complete blockbuster. Both of these clubs play their home games at the MCG. There's no game at the MCG on Saturday. They're playing it at Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> the, the AFL was probably thinking, oh, these teams can't pull a crowd. <laughs> two, two of the oldest teams in Victoria as well. Like one of them being the oldest, one of the oldest teams in the world. So, and like as... Like, yeah, the oldest team in the world. It's like, well, and like, the funny- the, like the original, one of the original custodians of the, of the Melbourne cricket ground. And yeah, now we're playing in a Marvel. The funny thing is, it's Pretty not sure like they're even the rules, trying to... It's not like they're even trying to keep the um the turf nice for the Sunday games because there's no Sunday game there either. Carlton. I'm going to go Carlton. I couldn't care less, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, <anyway. laughs> Ben's just not tipping that game. Eh? If I had to choose, if I had to choose, no, I'm, I'm probably going to go Melbourne. He just doesn't want to pick Carlton. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. It's just like I can't, I don't care. Uh, I, I don't like Carlton. Couldn't care about Melbourne. So go Melbourne. <laughs> so here we go. Just another day on the Gold Coast with the crowd. Gold Coast versus West Coast. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, West Coast, New Fortress, Metricon. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, if that's going to be their home ga- home ground for the next month, I hope so because they play Richmond there, so they better make it well, a Fortress. Well, it's, yeah, like they're going to get a custom, like, and it's they're not going to um, have any uh, lower leg injuries as as prominent as they were over over that's here. True. So yeah. yeah, you'd hope not. Yeah, they, okay, they should, uh, that'd be a change, wouldn't it? Yeah, you, you'll come in, you'll, 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 you'll leave, you'll come out of a game without any injuries. <laughs> I'm going to go West Coast, but I feel like I didn't need to say that. Yeah, I think that's yeah. that's pretty, pretty yeah. So we head across to the showdown. A lot of talk around this one. I'm going to go Port Adelaide just because I rate them better than Adelaide. Yeah, I'm going to go Port Adelaide and Tex is going to have an average game and Kane Collins is going to have something to say about it. Yeah, I think Adelaide will come out firing because of all the, the, the talking that's been happening, but they're not that good at all. So Port Adelaide will run over the top of them. All right, we had to... Yeah, they came out firing last time. We head to Giants Stadium where the Giants play host to the Kangas. I'm going the Giants. So, yeah, another day in Western Sydney. I'll go GWS. Yep, that's that's correct for me. Oh, and here we go. Here's one of the one of the games that Ben's probably not a huge fan of and is playing against Sydney at the SCG. Essendon's, yeah, Essendon's favourite ground to lose at. The, uh, I'm so. actually glad that I'm supposed to be working this week like that time so then I don't get absolutely livid when they lose by a, a goal again after the siren <laughs> yeah Sydney Rampy on the post with or without Gary Rowan I'm oh man this is tough yeah oh, I think I'm gonna tip Essendon it's a shame Danaher's not playing if they convenient. can if they can keep Papley quiet I'm going Essendon um and finally, to round out the week of round two. Uh, yeah, so I'm going Sydney as well, by the way. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Gee whiz. Decent. Um, rounding well, I, out like round two. Like I just two. said, I can't see Essendon. I can't. I can't. I don't want to see Essendon lose again by a goal after the siren. <laughs> I'm, so I'm glad I'm at work. That's true. So I'll tip Sydney. No, no. So I'm glad. Yeah, that's what I mean. So I'm glad I'm at work and I'll tip <laughs> Sydney. You thought, that was for a an, game. you thought that was a joke? No, I was being deadly serious. 
This is probably the juiciest game of the week, aside from the first uh, Yeah, one. I was about to say, now yeah. for a game that actually justifies being played at Marvel. It's St. Kilda and the Dogs. <laughs> yeah, Bulldogs. Dude, I, uh, I can't remember. Do they play well at Marvel, the Dogs? I don't know if we said enough remember. last year. Yeah, I think it's been mentioned like once or twice on this podcast. Once yeah, or twice I, I, a I week. We know who else plays pretty well at Marvel. St. Kilda. St. Kilda. St. Kilda do as well. But do they play as well? When they, when they don't play... Other teams that are good at Marvel. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Like North. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go dogs. They're better anyway. Yeah, dog, yeah, doggies. I'm going the doggies, yeah. Cool. So that rounds us out for round two. Um, make sure you get your tips in. It's probably easy to forget because we haven't talked footy for so long, but get your yeah. tips in if you, if you made it this far into Yeah, by, by Wednesday because footy starts Thursday. Yes. Correct. Or I think it's like three hours before the game on Thursday. Uh, yeah, I think it's like just before like final teams are announced or something like that. No, be prepared. Do it on Wednesday. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> any any last comments we've got for this week before we bring it bring it back next week with, with some actual footy to talk about? Um, I I just hope everyone has a really good time. Um, what are you What are you boys going to do if someone gets coronavirus? One of, one of the players. Oh, I was going to say, I mean, if, if yeah. someone gets it, I'll just keep doing what I'm doing and lock myself in a house in my house for the next six weeks. Um, <laughs> no, what if one of the players gets coronavirus and they shut footy down again? Uh, so, right. okay. Just, just on that. So, <laughs> I'm actually kind of at a point now where I just don't care anymore because I watched. So, I'm an avid follower of of soccer, football, whatever you want to call it. Um, so we don't offend anyone listening, but. I tuned into a game in the Bundesliga, the German league, which was Bayern yes. Munich playing Borussia Dortmund. Top of the table clash, one v two, one of the biggest, one of the biggest rivalries and huge amped up games. And I kid you not, with no crowd, I was so bored by halftime that there was no atmosphere, and I'm just dreading the fact that I'm going to feel that way about footy. So if someone gets coronavirus and we don't play, I feel like I'm going to be disappointed either way. No, I mean, calling it Richmond quiet is going to be weird. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> my my argument to that would be that AFL, in, just as a game, at the way it is played, is going to be more entertaining than watching soccer without any atmosphere. Football without any, <laughs> a, a, without any atmosphere is still entertaining. Maybe not as entertaining, but still entertaining because the game that's, is that's true. because the game is entertaining. That um, is true. Oh, I mean, so, depends who's playing, though, Ben. Because, <laughs> to be fair, yeah, if Manchester yeah, City that's a broad play, statement. They, if Manchester City or Liverpool play, they score more goals than Gold Coast would anyway. So it's kind of. <laughs> oh no, that's a valid, we, yeah. yeah, that's a valid point. But what I'm what I'm getting at is that if 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 one v two in the AFL was like occurred this yeah. week, yeah. it would be a way more entertaining t- game, even without a, an order, a crowd, than. What you just witnessed, what you saw a week or two ago. Good call, Ben, with another nugget of wisdom. I'm on it. This is going to be one of the first weeks that there's not going to be a punch on in the crowd. <laughs> in the crowd? I no. guess that's. I guess that's the answer. Yeah. Just give everyone a virus and then ban them all from going. <laughs> they'll just be. They'll just be at Federation Square knocking each other out. <laughs> I mean, yeah. didn't the AFL want to clamp down on? Um, unsocial behavior last year I think that like this is just 
this was a it's full of fans. Godsend for them. Yeah, this is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that probably brings us to the end of episode three for this season. It's been a long, hopefully, long time between drinks. Sake. Yes, it has. <laughs> but hopefully, it's only yeah. a week, a week between drinks this time. We thank you for those of you who have made it this far on our welcome back special, um, yes. and we will. We will be with you next week to bring you back everything footy. So enjoy yourselves. Have a really good round. Nine games to look forward to this weekend. And as we always say, enjoy the footy. Enjoy the footy. It's back. Yes, thank you. I enjoy that sweet, sweet embrace. <laughs> can, we, can we play that as the lead-in? <laughs> yeah. <laughs>